Hello, welcome to season two of the Power of Singing podcast, the power of singing in harmony. This is episode three, entitled Harmony is a Worthy Goal. This episode features singer-songwriter Susan Mohini-Kane and her song Waking Up in Wonderland from her upcoming album of the same name. Each episode is created by the five voices of the Santosha Voice Group, Joseph Garate, Joyce Wells, Rich McKinney, Heather Fetro, and myself, Susan Mohini-Kane. This very talented group of singers and compassionate humans have made it their business to bring more singing and harmony into the world. We hope you'll get to know each of us by visiting our website, joining our Power of Singing Facebook group, or participating in our live events. We are the voices of the Santosha Voice Group, and you can find us at santoshavoicegroup.com. Okay, so now I'm going to pass it over to myself to share a story and a song and a discussion question for the group. So I love this topic, the power of singing in harmony. And I had so many possible choices for for stories on this, but I thought that it, um, I might choose a story that's more recent that could be a counterpoint to some of the other stories that we're hearing um, in these other episodes. So um, as everybody knows by now, if you know me, I was trained as a classical singer. And for many years, I continually got advice from my mentors to never sing in choirs, not even in professional choirs, because if I did, they said, no one would ever take me seriously as a soloist. And I lived for many decades that way, turning down most choir positions except for the most prestigious ones that paid the most. Well, recently, during COVID, I quit my university teaching job to pursue this singer-songwriter path, and I immediately got an offer to audition for a jazz singing vocal quartet. And it didn't pay much, and they performed in four-part harmony to a backing track. And both of these things had always been big no in my career. <laughs> but since I had recently found myself with some extra time, I decided to audition. When I got the offer to join the group, I was torn. To me, it was embarrassing to sing this type of music to a backing track with no solo work to speak of. But my secret guilty truth was I just had a ball doing it. It was so much. So I mumbled something about keeping my voice fresh, and I took the job. Now, this group performs mostly in retirement homes, which is another embarrassment to me. And though I was secretly having the time of my life, I didn't want very many people knowing about it. Then, one hot day last summer, we had performed at a senior center in Lancaster, California, and a woman in a wheelchair beckoned me over to talk with her after the show. I had to lean in close to hear her quiet voice while her nursing home aide respectfully stood behind her. She told me that our group had reminded her of when she was a child and she and her father would sing together in harmony all the time. And one of their favorite songs was A Bicycle Built for Two. And then she started singing it. And I leaned in and I softly started singing in harmony with her. Her eyes were closed as we sat head to head and sang all the way through the song. 
and I knew she was seeing and hearing her father's voice. We held hands, and when we were done, we squeezed each other's hands, and we looked deeply into each other's tear-filled eyes before we said goodbye. And this was one of the most meaningful experiences of singing I've ever had in my whole life. And at that moment, I understood so profoundly why, though being a soloist is nice, singing with other people is so much more deeply connective and meaningful. And after that, I was quite proud of singing with my little group in those beautiful little senior centers. And I still sing with them today. So that's my story. And I'm sticking to it. <laughs> so now the song that I'm going to share is the title track for my new album of original songs that will be coming out later this year. So I'd like for you to listen for the harmonies. Now in this recording, I got to sing all the harmony parts myself, which is quite profound also if you think about it. <laughs> It'd be good to be in harmony with yourself, right? All the time. But anyway, it was also so much fun. And people tell me it's their favorite part of this song. So I'd like to know what you think. You'll have to let me know after it's over. So here is Waking Up in Wonderland.
can stay strong until the end Cause I'm waking up Thank you. Oh, thank you so much. That was so much fun to do. Okay, thank you. Um, so yeah, the harmonies, harmonies are so awesome. And um, and my question is kind of more of a practical one, even though I have to say, just because of my story and my song, that is really all just about feeling that I have of fun and of connection. But um, but I'm going to ask you this corporate question anyway. <laughs> Can you see a practical application of singing harmony for a corporation or a workplace? If you were hired as a consultant to teach the elements of harmony to non-musicians in a work environment, what would you highlight? So that's the question. And I'm ready for your amazing answers. I kind of think that... Um... We use music to mourn, we use it to celebrate, we use it for ceremonial purposes, we merit, we use it to um, heal our wounds, we use music in every, but we use it to sell things as well, and that's a very big part of, of uh, the commercial world, so there are spots for musicians in that, and we can kind of know what works and what doesn't based on what what's happened in history. There's a lot of research done about that. Uh, but I think we all have the ability to tap into something that will respond, people will respond to. Nice. And that's the way you would you would talk about it in um in like a work environment. More like for advertising, more like advertising your what you, what it is that they do there? Is that what you mean by that? I guess that, but also the fact that it's so universal. You know, it's not even when they 
Tell you the idea about a commercial and jingle is shaking it in people's heads. So you're looking for ways to get into people's heads and manipulate their feelings. Yeah. So that's that's more like, yeah, the commercial uses of music. But yeah, thank you. Yeah. That's awesome. This was a really interesting question for me, Susan, because it made me think back about some of the things I've done when I have um, groups of students or groups of adults that are rehearsing and, and trying to make a group comfortable with one another, sometimes in a, a quick uh, in you know a quick amount of time where we need to achieve something, which often happens if divisions are working together or you know people are collaborating together for the first time. Um, I think one of the things that I did with a high school group um, before rehearsal, we would do a rhythm circle, which the kids always really liked and was very like non-threatening, even if they had, yeah. they had never taken music class before. Like anybody can like, you know, clap a beat or tap a beat or something. And I would always try and start with somebody who was really comfortable doing that. And then somebody else would add on to that. So it would go around the circle and we would create something literally in that moment together there. And then we could reflect on that groove that was created, or some people might've put vocals in it as well. And we could talk about um, the listening skills involved with that and how that could be um, implemented in, in culture too. And it's just a really outside of the box way that people can start thinking about physically being in the same space with people and working on something together positively and the things that need to be in place for that, such as respect and um, and unity of purpose and idea um, so that those those kinds of things, if they if they're not there, obviously the um, the circle will be less than interesting, you know, so there's really small, small bits there. Like, does this really go with this other rhythm or might you choose something else next time, you know? And so those those sorts of things, I think people intuit, you know, pretty naturally when they're doing something simple like that, but they might not always think that next level when they're working collaboratively with someone and there's a deadline, right? And there's like pressure, you know, taking some of that off and making it more fun and back to the drawing board, like we're all students again in this, how how can we really collaborate together? I think it's something that's really demonstrated in that idea of just a, a rhythm circle, just, you know, adding on something that really goes with what's already happening and kind of stepping back and thinking, does that really go with that? Or what part of this goes with the other part. So the architecture of it. I think that's brilliant. I can totally see a corporate environment, like going to Google and sitting and making a, a circle and giving them all instruments and having them, you know, add something on like that. That just, I think that would be a great thing. And then to discuss it and, you know, kind of unpack it afterwards. Brilliant. I love that idea, Heather. Well, well Thanks. done. Well done. Thanks. I, I was thinking about this. I was thinking what would be like tools that I might use to, to do that if I had that work to do. And I thought, well, the first thing I would do is have everybody put their awareness on the word harmony. Just tell everybody, go Google, you know, find out if you, what harmony really is, you know, and, and what it isn't. I mean, like some people might think it's something complicated to do with music. And some people might think more like what we had discussed before about just things existing together. And there's just lots of different ways of looking at it. But once they start to put their minds around it, I think it awakens something. And so then from there, I think I would, I would guide people to, you know, look at where they see dissonance maybe with people that they work with and say, oh, well then, you know, how, because for harmony, it needs, obviously needs to come together. And so then 
I would take like a third step and do some kind of activity which kind of automatically brings people together to find their commonalities. And the one that came to my mind, you may have done it because lots of people have done it, is the one where you divide into two lines and then you say, okay, everybody, um, you know, come to the, come to this side. If, if you have a dog, you know, I mean, and pretty, and you keep going back and forth and, or come to the middle and you, you see all these places of commonality and pretty soon people start to realize that even if they don't know each other, there's a lot more the same about them than there are the things that are different. And so then I think that would help them to say, okay, focus on what is our goal together in this corporation, whatever, and that's where we want to take this connection and let's move together in, in harmony, in consonance. That's, that, that would be my way of approaching it. Beautiful. I love it. I can totally see us all being hired out as consultants <laughs> for this. It's really awesome. Thank you very much, Joyce. It's really great. I like that, Joyce. I think you were leading up to uh, the word resolution, and that's what we, when we're in conflict, we resolve problems, and that's what we need to do more, and that's in keeping with harmony, I believe. Yeah, um, I like this um, <clears throat> idea, even though I, I don't really know that much about, um, you know, the corporate world, to be perfectly honest, but but when it comes to this idea of, like, team building, you know, and and how that is what's really necessary for that, I, I assume, I assume, for that kind of an environment, um, I was thinking very much along the lines of what Heather was saying when it comes to rhythm, you know, rhythm games. And also if there is, um, you know, singing that it could, it could even be, you know, uh, uh, like what, you know, Joyce was saying, you know, maybe not overthinking the word harmony, but really just thinking about people singing together or even, even singing in unison, this idea that, um, you know, whether we kind of, I, I think that whether we like it or not, even if it's somebody that we don't really connect with, I find that when you make music with that person, there is a kind of unspoken bond, you know, yeah. um, like, for example, you know, the people in my band, I mean, we come from all different, you know, walks of life, but I'm feel bonded with them in a kind of familial way because of our experience on stage. Um, and so I was thinking also of kind of like how this, you know, uh, you know, there's certain theater games and things that are along the lines of, of music as well, yeah. where, you know, people get together and they, you know, make a big machine, you know, one person does something and it cranks something else and then it yeah. whoops something else. And then, and you've made a machine and, and that idea that also that Heather was saying about, you know, respecting other people's roles and how your role is in quote harmony with another person's role and how everything kind of complements. I'm also thinking of a really <clears throat> simple thing that people do in theater again, where um, if you have a two person scene, they'll simply switch roles so that you can see, feel the other person's experience and feel how, you know, where you fit into their experience. And then there's a kind of mutual respect and an empathy that happens. And, and and um and then you have this larger sense of how everything kind of works synergistically and 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 that is to me that's a very musical experience also um so you know even though uh, you know if if we were tasked to do this i think that it would be a really fun to kind of make a little curriculum 
um, yeah. you know, for, for, for people that are, are really working on their bonding and building teams. Um, um, but, but yeah, these were the things that I was kind of thinking about, about how to celebrate other people's roles and, um, and your colleagues roles and then how, how, you know, those roles complement your own and how that can make a, a common good. I mean, that sounds like a choir to me, you know, or yeah. band, you know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You think that if they could make music together, they could probably do anything together. And I really like those theater games that you that you brought up, Joseph, because those are anybody can do them. They're really fun. You know, the machine game where you have to do something that's really unique to you, and somebody else is doing this one, and and the other is doing this one. You know, and then they and then you see that you couldn't create that project by yourself, and that the thing that the other person brings to it adds so much. And so it's a matter of like taking you um, out of the idea that it's yours, you know, that that uh, you own this project or, you know, all of that kind of stuff. So I think when we when we shift to harmony like that, that makes a big difference. So that I mean, I could see that, too. Honestly, I'm, I'm really thinking about that for us to do this. Um, my answer is going to be um, there are three skills that you could use. And, you know, I would do first, I would do Heather's exercise. And then I would do some of those um, exercises that, that Joyce told us. And then Joseph, anyway, I would do all your exercises, but I would say there are three things that they would have to, we want to have as our objectives. One is, can you really listen? Listening is the first one listening. Can you listen to what the other person is doing? And how do you listen? Can you listen with good ears or bad ears or generous ears or, you know, trying to block it out, you know, do it in the, in the rhythm or doing it in the round. And then can you respond in resonance? Can you resonate? Can you somehow respond in resonance? And as, as you were saying, and if you are in dissonance, then how do you resolve it? Right? So if we have a dissonance, how to resolve it. And then the third one is you have to add your own creativity. You have to be brave enough fearless enough to add your own creativity. So there's a whole lot of things there that would you could see how teams could crumble and how groups could crumble, lots of little ways to trip up. But um, I think that that being able to resonate with each other, and then I would have them, I would have them take a project they're working on right now and have the project leader say something and then have every, and like add something to it, like make and make a movement to it or a sound to it. You know, those theater sounds, you know, you can make, and the other person has to respond in resonance somehow. It has to be different, but in resonance. So you have to add your own creativity and find resonance. And I think that would be, that would, I mean, just to help us talk about things, even if you find like if you said the thing over and over again and the other person has to say something over and over again back, that would be interesting to see what you would come up with like as a theater piece. Anyway, um, there was actually a woman who, who uh, approached me one time to ask me to go, to start a consulting firm with her in corporate America, you know, and she was doing that based on being a, an orchestra conductor. And so I thought that was really cool. I've, it's kind of been in the back of my head ever since. So, well, that's it for today. Anybody have any closing comments that you would like to add? They're all shaking their heads or just smiling at me uncomfortably. No. <laughs> uh, go ahead and smiling open your mics. comfortably. Comfortably. There you go. So go ahead and open your mics and we'll all say goodbye together. And we'll see you next time. Bye. So long. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye.